Good morning, moms. Well, it's morning for me. Good noon, good afternoon, wherever you are. Um, my name is Liz Ackerman, and I am co-host of the Moms for America Mom to Mom Homeschool Connect. Web we do these webinars monthly, and my wonderful assistant is Kristen Smith. She is the Empower Moms assistant that kind of, she definitely empowers me, and she makes all the technical technology wizardry happened. So we are grateful for Kristen and she'll be posting links and uh, as we go along. And we have a very special guest today, Kayla Branch, who is going to talk to us about all things family history. Um, and I have, our family started our homeschooling journey back in 1982 when our oldest was five had her registered for kindergarten, but it never happened. I just, some fortunate thing came up. We learned about other options and never looked back. So it has been a journey and I love being around fellow homeschoolers, educational entrepreneurs, so many great things happening these days. Moms for America is full of information and tools for you to use. I would encourage you to just go check out the site. Everything from Patriot Packs for Kids, uh, Patriot Trips, webinars, um, oh goodness, all the good things for you and your family. So definitely check that out. Uh, we are going to be talking today with Kayla about family history. And that is one of my favorite subjects. I remember having it, hearing it said that if you want to be guaranteed an inspirational experience, learn about your family history. Start drawing your family close together. I see Kayla nodding. <laughs> it's so true. Yes, you can discover that you have pirates in your background. I have bounty hunters in my background. Just, you know, everybody's got warts. But um I was just this morning looking around on the web and found a couple of different studies that talk about the benefits to youth and uh, even older teens for uh, from the study of their family history. Genealogy and family history research is, what is it, the third most popular, uh, popular hobby in the country? Yes, uh, Kristen's putting up the links that a knowledge of your family helps kids have more resilience, they feel more grounded, and just more appreciative of, of who they are um, and where their family has come from. And it also kind of helps, at least in our family, we recognize some of the negative stuff that's come down. That life isn't easy, there's trauma. In, in your family. And it's good to recognize that and recognize those thought patterns that aren't so helpful and be able to work with those and, and let those go. Um, so yes, I could talk for a long time about family history. It is dear to my heart, but I would like to introduce Kayla Branch, who in addition to being a mom, a homeschooling mom, a foster care mom has her own business called Enlightened DNA Genetic Services. And I've learned a lot just in the brief um, conversations that we've had, and I know you're going to learn a lot. So if you have questions, put them in the chat, we will get to them. So without further ado, Kayla, the show is yours, take it away. Hi, I wanna say thank you for having me. Um, it's an honor. Um, I appreciate that you asked me. Um, I feel very privileged to be able to come speak to you guys. Um, so today I'm going to tell you about a little bit about myself, and then I'm going to tell you about what I do. And then we're going to talk about how you can apply that to homeschool and apply that to your family. Um, so I am a wife, a mom, a full-time student, foster parent, Sunday school teacher, minister's wife, and genetic genealogist. Um, I find I have a lot of irons in the fire. I like it that way. I wouldn't have it any other way. 
Um, surprisingly, I actually, um, I'm, I'm going back to school for elementary education. It's my passion. Um, I started in education many years ago. Life got in the way, wasn't able to finish that. So I'm back um, doing that now. Um, we homeschooled for years. Um, we actually just moved um, about a year ago. Um, and I'm no longer homeschooling, but I do still passionately support home benefits and um, homeschool freedoms. We we loved our time homeschooling, and we will treasure that forever. Um, in 2018, I co-founded a nonprofit called DNA Angels. Um, you can look them up. It is a wonderful nonprofit. They help people to find their biological parents. Um, I have since left the nonprofit just because, like I said, I have so many irons in the fire. Um, and that was one thing that I felt okay with um, letting go. There are so many people on the team and they are able to carry that. Um, I don't know what their the company's number is as of now, but I do know that I personally um, assisted in finding over a thousand um, parents while I was with that nonprofit. So um, I'm sure they are in the tens of thousands by now. Um, and I, I do, I do still do um, parent finding um, on the side. It's um, called Enlightened DNA. Um, it's a lot less now than what it used to be. Um, it's kind of um, more just in my free time, not so much seven days a week like it used to be. Um, so let's get started about what is genetic genealogy. Um, what is genealogy? So um, I love classical education. The first step in classical education is the trivium, right? So let's define what is genealogy. Um, it is building your family history. And with traditional genealogy, you need primary documents. It all goes back to the primary documents. Any good research of any kind, history research, scientific research, you want primary documents. Um, in genealogy, those would be birth records, death records, marriage records, census, land deeds, and any document filed with the government or the church would be considered a primary document. Then you elaborate on that with other documents like newspaper clippings, yearbooks, family photos, obituaries, all of those things can help you um, just um, elaborate on what you already know, right? Who is this person? What was their life like? You know, you can kind of get to know them in a way. Now, with genetic genealogy, we throw all the documents out the window um, because you will find that most of our trees are legally accurate and genetically inaccurate. Um, we're finding that the statistic is that one in every 10 people that test with a commercial company have a surprise, immediate family surprise. Um, a new relative, a new parent sometimes, you don't know, it's it's a surprise. Um, and that's that's just the 10% of people that test and that's um, something in your immediate family, first cousin, something like that. Um, but we all have something way back in our trees, everyone, you're gonna have something that is legally accurate, genetically inaccurate. And we're just finding these things. It's a new science, a new technology. Um, it can be fun, it can be sad, it can be traumatizing. It's, there are a lot of emotions in genetic genealogy. Um, so to understand genetic genealogy, let me go back to the beginning of DNA testing. Um, you used to have a one-to-one -one testing. You'd go into a lab, you get swabbed, you get compared to one person, usually a dad. There's a lot of paternity testing, right? So a lot of people um, are trying to find their fathers. They go to a lab, they get swabbed, and they're only compared to the father. Well, now with this new technology, we can compare to anyone, anywhere, all over the world, right? So instead of one-to-one, -one, now we have one-to-many. You will be compared to anyone with this commercial company that you um, test with. We used to have only wide DNA testing, only mitochondrial DNA testing. You'd have people that they'd have the oldest male in the family test. Well, you don't need that anymore. Now we have something called autosomal testing, and that can find both your maternal and your paternal sides, no matter if you are a man or a woman. It can find anyone you are related to that has tested, right? 
Um, you don't know all 20,000 of your cousins, but your DNA does know them. Um, so it's interesting. Um, so I'd like to take a moment to say that I strongly, strongly believe that family is who you choose. Um, sometimes that is your legal family. Sometimes it's your genetic family. Sometimes it's both. And unfortunately for some people, sometimes it's neither. Um, we don't get to decide what that means, what family means for someone else. Um, that's up to every person to choose for themselves. So um, our definition of family may not quite be someone else's definition of family. You decide your own family for yourself. Um, diving into genealogy, like Liz said, um, it can be exciting and it can be bonding, but it can be um, traumatic. It can bring out feelings of shame and embarrassment, jealousy. Um, it's not always pleasant, you know. Um, some people don't know who their parents are. They can be hurt by an assignment, you know, um, just giving a simple school assignment, genealogy assignment. It can be hurtful for them. Um, someone whose immediate family has a dark past, they may be hesitant to do any kind of genealogy research. Um, in public school, a genealogy assignment isn't really given very often unless you're specifically taking a focused class on that subject and you would know going in that you're taking a class on that subject. Um, but in the general classroom, they try to avoid things like this um, with the society that we live in today, you know. But in homeschool, you um, can cater your genealogy assignment to your family's unique circumstances. You're going to know their circumstances. Um, even Maybe in a co-op, you're going to know the parents. You can talk to them about, is this assignment okay? Um, at home, you definitely know your own children's um, family situation. So you know if, if this assignment is okay, you know, if this type of exploration is going to benefit your child or hurt your child. Um, and you, you, you would know how far to take that and what, what to assign, what not, you know, what, what you wouldn't want to explore. It's the beauty of homeschool is that we, um, we can cater things to our family's needs. Um, so getting into what is, what is all this testing that everyone's doing, right? Um, where should you test with? What kind of information is available? Um, so most of the companies do not cross-reference. You're gonna test with a commercial company, doesn't, um, they don't talk to each other. <laughs> they don't, you're not going to get matches from this company and that company. The two big ones that everyone talks about are Ancestry and 23andMe. They don't um, cross. Um, but other companies do allow you to upload your results from these companies. So you can do an Ancestry, you can do a 23andMe, and you can upload to companies like FTDNA, GED Match, MyHeritage, Something really interesting to do is if you upload with a company called GED Match, um, you can click a little button that says you want to participate in law enforcement. Um, you can even let your DNA be used to solve crimes um, or let your DNA be used to identify unknown bodies. They find a body. It's a Jane Doe, John Doe. They don't know. Well, could be your sixth cousin and you don't know them, but your, your genes know them. So that's interesting. Um, now, these commercial companies, they do not allow um, law enforcement, government agencies to use your DNA profile. But if you opt in for this company, you can get in on that if, if that's something you're interested in. Um, so what do my test results look like? There are going to be two main parts, ethnicity and a match list. Um, ethnicity is just for fun. It's going to change over time. Your, um, your results are going to change over time. Um, this month, you, you, you're 5.5% German. Next month, you are 5.2% German. Um, they're going to change slightly, mostly stay the same, but it's going to be as the population of people testing grows, you um, your results will change slightly because they have new information, right? Your genes do not know anything about the imaginary lines drawn by our governments, right? Or how they've changed over time. Um, your genes know um, your ancient Roman ancestor, but they don't know that um, now that's actually not part of Italy anymore. It's part of somewhere, another country. And they don't understand that. Your, your genes are just, hey, these are your relatives, right? Um, so you take the ethnicity estimate with a grain 
of salt, okay? Um, for example, my grandmother is full Sicilian, right? I should show 25% Italian. I don't. I don't. I show 4% Italian. And then all of these other countries around um, the Mediterranean, okay? So you just, just take the ethnicity estimate with a grain of salt. Um, the match list, now you're going to get a match. Every person in that database that has tested with you, that means that has tested with the company, that matches you to some degree. The closest matches will be at the top. The um, other matches will be farther down. They'll get farther and farther down the farther they are. They'll give them a label such as um, close family to first cousin, first cousin to second cousin, second cousin to third cousin, and so forth, right? You'll, you'll go farther away as you go farther down the list. Um, the relationship estimates is just the system's best guess at, at how you're related to that person, depending on how much DNA you share with them. Um, the DNA is measured in something called centimorgans. Centimorgans is just a big fancy word for how much DNA you share. It is a unit of measure, like an inch or a gallon, okay? Um, so how do we use this information to find people's biological families? How do I do that, right? So instead of building a tree up from you to your parents, to your grandparents, et cetera, we build down. So we take your match list and find the mutual ancestors that you share with all of the people that you match with. And we build down to find grandparents and maybe even a parent, depending on how much um, information is available. I have a graphic that shows how many ancestors you have in just a few generations. Kristen, can you show that one? So we have two parents, four grandparents, eight great-grandparents, and then you go on and on and it doubles. Every time it doubles. So in 10 generations, well, that's 12 generations if, we count, if we're counting our grandparents and great-grandparents. In 10 generations, you have 4,096 ancestors. And those are just your ancestors. Those are not all of the relatives that are coming from those ancestors. So like I said, um, you, may, you may have 20,000 fourth cousins. Um, just from the 64 great grandparents that you have because they all have siblings and this couple had two children and this couple had four children and this couple had 13 children um it's you know when you get into when you get into genealogy math uh you get a little carried away very fast but um yeah this is this is an interesting graphic i love showing that um i think people are usually shocked by how fast that number grows. Of course, we all know that number doubles and doubles and doubles. But when you really see it out there, um, when you when you look at it, it's it's um, just something to something to behold, right? Um, let's see, where am I at? Um, realistically, um, how many people are there that share your ancestors? Thousands. There are thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of people that share each one of your ancestors. Um, there are so many, so many. And I think you'll be surprised if you do decide to test with a company and say, wow, am I really related to all of these people? Yes, that and more. When you get when you do a test, those are just the people that um, that have tested. Those aren't even all the people you're related to. Those are just the people that have tested. So it's fun. Um, now, uh, a lot of people ask me, one of the main questions that people come to me and ask me, they'll bring me their test results and they say, why, why don't my um, test results match my sibling exactly? You know, and I, well, that's because you're a sibling, you're not a twin. So you're not a clone. Your DNA does not match your sibling exactly. It's going to be a little different. Um, your ethnicity estimate is a little different from your sibling. Um, your match list, it should be the same as your sibling, but maybe you, you share different amounts of DNA with all of the people on your match list. Um, only identical twins have the exact same DNA. Some people don't even know if they are identical twins. Um, they may be a twin. And, you know, we have 
we have ultrasounds now, but they didn't used to have that. Um, so people would just make a guess at if they were identical or if they were paternal. Um, now you can find out. You can test with your twin. Um, your DNA test results with your twin would show up as self or twin. That's what it will label it as. It says identical, self or twin. And the system will ask you, have you tested twice? Um, do you have an identical twin? Um, and your, um, you have a lot of environmental factors that affect twins. So someone may have thought, oh, we don't look enough alike to be identical twins. Um, well, the environmental factors um, change that. So they... People are surprised to find out they are identical twins. Or maybe they thought they were identical because they look exactly alike. But when they tested, it turns out they're just siblings that look a lot alike. Um, so that's it's always fun. If, if you are a twin or if you know someone that's a twin, tell them, go, go find out if they're identical or not. Um, so I have a another graphic to show you that is a... Um, it's called gummy bear genetics. So we're all familiar um, somewhere around middle school, junior high, high school. Um, we learned about Mendel and the experiments with dominant and recessive genes, blue eyes, brown eyes, curly hair, straight hair. How does that work, right? And so you use the little squares to find out what your odds of having blue eyes are, right? Use the little square to find out your odds of having curly hair. Um, but it's it's interesting to see this graphic. Um, we've got a yellow gummy bear and a red gummy bear. Now their kids um, are gonna get half of each parent, right? So you've got half of the mom and half of the dad, but they're different parts. They got, that gummy bear got different parts of that parent. Now this half yellow and half red gummy bear goes off and marries a green gummy bear. Now the green gummy bear, look at their children. When you look at the parts, the red and the yellow, right? And going back to these grandparents, you look at that red and yellow, um, they don't have the same parts. These three, these three half green siblings, they've got different parts of their grandparent. Um, and then that, and then one of these gummy bears goes off and marries an orange gummy bear. Now you look at that next generation and you see one of them's just got a green ear and one of them's just got a green foot there. Um, you don't know which part of your parent um, you're going to get. And your sibling got all different parts than you did. I love the example of Skittles. So your mom is a bowl of Skittles and your dad is a bowl of M&Ms, right? And they have a baby. So you're going to get a handful of Skittles and a handful of M&Ms. You put them in a bowl. Here's your baby, right? Um, now do that again because they're going to have another baby. Handful of Skittles, handful of M&Ms, put them in a bowl, and there's your sibling, okay? Well, if you look at your sibling and what color Skittles they got, they're not the same as your Skittles, are they? It came from the same bowl. Um, you've got the same mom. Your mom is the bowl of Skittles. But you have three orange Skittles and one yellow Skittle and a red Skittle and no purples. Now, your sister has four blues. I mean, there are there blue Skittles. I don't know. Purple. Right. So your sister has four purple Skittles and two green Skittles and a yellow Skittle. How did that happen? Right. It's because when your mom passed her genetics to you. You don't know which part of your mom you're getting. And part of your mom's genetics are going to be left out because we're not just funneling down. You don't have just a reduced version of your mom. You don't just have a reduced version of your dad. You have partial. You only have part of each parent. So you are half and half of each parent, but it's not full, that full parent that you're getting. And then that's just half of you. We're just going to take a little sprinkle of mom and take a little sprinkle of dad. And now you've, you've got, um, only half of your sibling got a different set of genes passed from that parent. So when you think about your cousins, now your cousins are going to be very different than you because not only were the two siblings different, but then they have kids and they pass on to them. And um, now it's, it's even more varied. You look at that bottom row down there. Um, these cousins uh, are going to look very different than if this other uh, red and white gummy bear had children and grandchildren. Um, they're going to have just little slippers of those great, great grandparents. So it's it's um, something that people are, I think, confused about a lot when they get their test results. Hang on a second. I'm only 4% um, 
um, French and my sister is 10% French. How does that work? Because we're siblings. It's because you got a different handful of Skittles than she did. So um, let's see. Um, now, um, how can we apply this to our family, right? <clears throat> um, so we talked about the science of um, genes being passed. That's a great lesson for high school, junior high, middle school age kids. You know, um, when you start talking about um, how babies are made and you start, you know, they get to that age about you're half mom and half dad and how does that work? Um, yeah, that's great. Um, the, the science of how genes are passed. Those, those are wonderful lessons to take from genealogy into your um, biology lessons. Um, but what about the little kids, right? Family is doing a unit study on genealogy. We're not going to talk to them about, about um, some of these things that you talk to the older kids about. So how, what are we going to do with the little ones? Um, you can incorporate genealogy into every single subject. You do a unit study on genealogy and um, you can bring in every subject. Just a few ideas here. Um, uh, let's see, we've already got the science, right? Let's throw in some math. We're looking at birth dates, death dates, percentages, all of that, um, fractions. You know, you can, which, how many they had, they had five kids, only three of them survived, right? Um, let's talk about percentages. Let's talk about fractions. Let's talk about um, birth dates, death dates, all of these things. Um, now let's talk about history, timeline. What about my ancestors? What was going on in their life at this um, point in history? Um, what was going on? What, what events were happening? Um, what was the government doing? What war was happening? Um, what was the economy like? And how did that affect um, your family? And then affect you, right? We've got this um, uh, chain of events that will eventually come down to you. How did that affect you, right? Um, geography, find them on the map. Where did they come from? Where did they go? Where were they born? Where did they die? Um, then even language arts. Now, you wouldn't think language arts could be um, a uh, incorporated into genealogy, but it can. I've got a, an assignment on this um, genealogy lessons for littles. Um, it's called Word Tree. Um, you can talk about the parts of speech. You can talk about language development um, throughout time. A fun thing is to look back at slang, um, different slang from, you know, uh, kids Kids these days didn't make up slang. There's always been slang, right? Um, what did that word mean in the 1800s? It meant something very different, right? So um, that's a fun thing to look up. Uh, what language did my ancestors speak? Did they speak Arabic? Did they speak um, French? Um, can we, are you interested in learning French? Um, you can incorporate into, um, into your lessons. Um, I've, one of the lessons I've got there, I really like the word tree. Um, you're going to describe, describe your ancestors or, or if you don't know much about your ancestors, describe your family, your immediate family, the things you're proud of, the things, um, where they come from? What language do they speak? Are they tall? Are they short? Are they smart? Are they funny? Um, and then ask your child, do you have all the parts of speech on here? Which ones are missing? Um, which, which can we use better adverbs? Um, um, can we, can we use a thesaurus and, and look up a better word? Maybe, maybe not say sad. Maybe we're, we're not going to use the word sad. What's a better word for sad? Can you use this thesaurus and, and find a, a better word, a fancy word to put on your, your word tree for your family? Um, just like you would elaborate on an essay right? Um, you can assign the older kids an essay. Well, the little ones can't write an essay, but they can make a word tree. Um, we've got a cause and effect lesson. Let's see. We start with photo labeling, which is wonderful. I love photo labeling. If your photos aren't labeled, label them. You will not always be around to tell your kids who is in that picture. What was the event? They're not going to know who it is. It may get tossed in the garbage. Um, because they have no idea that who that is, right? Um, the next lesson, 
colorizing photos. Um, I love colorized photos. This is a lost art. A lot of people don't do this anymore. Um, most of us have seen pictures of our parents, our grandparents colorized. So they take a black and white picture and then they um, add color on top. Um, that used to be the most popular way of having a um, colored photograph before colored photographs. Um, you'll see, if you see a picture, an older picture, and it's like, wait, why does this, this color looks funny. This color looks washed out. It's probably a colorized photo. Um, and, and people, people used to do that a lot. It was beautiful, beautiful. Um, and not a lot of people do that anymore. You could do that. Print out a black and white picture. Um, let your little ones get in on it, color those pictures. And it could be something, um, it could turn very, turn out very beautiful. Something to keep. Um, family maps. So we're getting back into the geography, right? Where'd they come from? Where did they go? You can have a big map on the wall for everyone to participate as a family, or you can give the kids individual maps, let the little ones be more simple with it, and let the older ones get more detailed with it. Um, gravestone rubbings. I love visiting a graveyard. Oh, my goodness. I've got some resource, resources on the resource page about graveyards. You can find your ancestors and where they're buried at. Go visit them. Make a gravestone rubbing. And there's so much more information in the graveyard than what you realize. Who were they buried by? Why would they choose to be buried by that person? Um, how, how much time did this spouse have to live without their other spouse? wonder how that made them feel. Um, did they have any babies that died? Um, a lot of babies used to die. Um, and then that goes back into um, um, history, right? History and timeline. So all these babies died in this certain time. What What's changed? Sanitation. Sanitation has changed. Hand washing has changed. Sewers. Um, all of these things have led to um, a, a greater survival rate for babies, you know? Um we understand diseases now. We understand how they work. We understand, you know, preventing the spread of diseases and um, that kind of thing. So um, what else? What else is available at the graveyard? Um, uh, uh, veteran memorials. Veteran, they usually marked on there um, if they were a veteran. Um, and maybe even tells you what war they were in. If it doesn't tell you what war they're in, look it up. Go look at the dates when they when that when he would have been a young man and what war was going on at that time. Um, the techniques, even just even just masonry techniques, you can look at these old stones. You can tell that they're older, newer stones um, uh, have different different masonry techniques going on there. Um, so much information on the uh, in a graveyard. On the next lesson, cause and effect. How did my ancestors' decisions affect me? And how are my decisions going to affect my descendants, my future family? Not just your 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 children. Um, it, your decisions don't just affect your children; they affect your grandchildren and your great grandchildren. Um, something to remember is that um, you are not um, you are not your parents; you are not your grandparents. But their decisions did affect you. Um, you can change. You can change things. You can. You can change the path of your future, of your future, um, but may, but your starting point, your starting point came from their decisions um, and, and what happened to them. So that's interesting. Love that lesson. Um, the family word tree, we're going to describe our family. We're going to use big fancy words. We're going to use um, uh, all different kinds of words, all different parts of speech. Um, Let's see. Um, surnames, locations, vocations, character traits. Um, an example on here, I've got the Mario brothers. Uh, short, smart, plumbers, Italy, mustaches, determined. Those are all great words for the Mario brothers, right? Um, and then how did that tree make you feel? Are you proud of it? Are you maybe less than proud of it? Um, it's good. Talk about your emotions. Talk about your feelings. Uh, those things are those things are always great to um, to discuss. It's it's um, everyone everyone doesn't have a, a great past to look back at, and some people have a wonderful past to look back at, and it's it's different for everybody. Um, family crest. Let's see. Uh, we've all done a family crest, right? 
uh, when you were small? Did, well, maybe not. <laughs> I remember. I remember doing that when I was young. Uh, we made a family crest. We uh, cut little pictures out of magazines and put it all in there. Um, your family crest can be um, maybe a way to um, symbolize your, the accomplishments of your family, but also maybe where you want to go with it. Um, your goals, your ambitions. It could be like a, a vision board. You can make your family crest anything you want to make it. Um, the older kids can um, really get dive into the history of their family. You you might have multiple family crests. With as, we saw how many ancestors you have. Um, you're probably going to find multiple family crests. You can choose one of those. You can choose multiple of those. Study them. Um, what do they mean? Where do they come from? Um, and then make your own. Make your own family crest. What am I about? Right. What is what is my, my dad is is this and my mom is this. And so our family crest is going to be this and I'm going to be this. Right. Um, you make it what you what you want. Um, I do want to say that all of these are not my ideas. I'm not to put that little disclaimer at the bottom. I've, I've, I've um, collected these ideas over time. I've used them. With my children, um, I've used them in co-ops. These are not my original ideas. Um, I did want to say that. Miss Miss Liz, um, are we ready? Questions, or did you have anything you wanted to add? Well, that was wonderful. <laughs> that was wonderful. Um, I just, as you were talking, I had just a few thoughts. Um, you know, on a gravestone, you have the date of their birth and the date of their death, and there's a dash, and the dash is what you want to find out. Discover right. the dash. And yes. What were they like? Day. What were they like? What um, make them help them come back alive? And and right. just a couple of things um, to add to your wonderful list. What about the food? The foods right. from these yeah, countries. Yeah, the food and the, the culture. Yes, the food, the culture, the dress, the holidays, uh, all that. Yes, it's just a fun, fun thing to to enrich your life. Um, you can do a family crest. How about a family motto? You know, just oh yes, I like that. A motto family that motto. you mm -hmm, crest, crest symbols. And another way you can use language arts is don't forget your family now. Have little people and big people in your family write letters, emails, send pictures if you don't write yet. Send them to aunts, uncles, cousins, second cousins. It's been wonderful for us to gather in more extended family and to see resemblances, to see how some things have come down through the family or and are still, still parts of the family. Um, yes. Uh, let's see, one more thing. Um, Billion Graves is a website. They, um, if you wanted, if you wanted to do something to kind of help out other genealogy researchers, you can go online to Billion Graves, find a nearby grave uh, graveyard, and if find out if they have had all the pictures of the graves taken. And you can go and volunteer, get, get on the app and have your kids help you take pictures of each grave. And thank you. Thanks, um, Kristen, for putting that up. They um, And then you upload them to the site and then someone can go on. See, I'm looking for Joe Smith, who was lived in, I don't know, uh, Center City, Iowa. And you can find a picture of his grave. Oh. So they recently you may not did. be able to visit every ancestor, but, you know, yes. it's there online. We have these wonderful mm -hmm. resources now. Oh my and, you know, goodness. and that, I think that's good for the kids to feel like they're part of something bigger. Mm -hmm. I contributed to this. Yes. Yes. I contributed to yeah. this national international uh, effort. Let's see what else. I think that was so wonderful and so comprehensive, but family Drawing family together is so rewarding. I've just seen it over and over. And I've seen miracles happen, and my friends have too, of finding long-lost relatives, of healing, 
healing some wounds, healing some things. And some things may not heal in this life, but some things can. So I just put that out to you. So what about questions? This has been a lot of information. Um, come off mute if you want, um, or type it in the chat. We'd love to hear from you moms. Do you have any experiences or questions that you would like to share? While we're waiting on questions, I have a question, Kayla. So on yes. the labeling your photos, what's the best way to do that that will last? My mom and dad back in the 60s labeled all of their photos with, you know, Sharpies or pencil. <laughs> I can't read them now. What's the best way you found to do that? So there are actually um, photo labeling um, uh, equipment online. You can get special photo boxes that um, has acid-free paper. Um, you can get special photo labeling um, markers. Um, you can have labels. You can add labels to the back, print labels and add them. Um, there are a lot of a lot of options for that. You can go online um, and find anything however you want to do it, whether you want to hand label it or you want to print it. Um, and um, sometimes the, the way we're storing our photos are a problem. Um, if you have your old photos hanging in your living room, you may not even realize that the light coming into your living room is damaging them. The sunlight comes in this certain way and hits this picture. It's damaging your picture. You actually can buy glass for, for your photo frames that will protect your old pictures if they're not Maybe they're the originals um, or maybe make a copy and put the original away. Digitize, digitize everything that you can, um, not only to preserve it, but also to make it available to other people. Because, you know, like we talked about earlier, you have so many relatives out there. I've never seen a picture of my great grandmother. Never seen a picture of her. Um, my grandma just didn't have any. Now, our extended relatives have them. They choose not to share them. I hate that. But, um, you know, there there are more people who share your great-grandparents, your great-great-grandparents. And you may have the only copy of that picture. And their other descendants have never seen it. So digitize everything. Um, if you don't mind making it available to others, you can upload them on tree making websites like Ancestry. Um, if you don't want to put it out there publicly, maybe email it to your other cousins. Um, maybe start a family Facebook group and share photos that way. But yes, digitizing is a wonderful way and, and um, pick up some, um, some photo storage boxes. Um, don't just keep it in some random box. Um, cardboard attracts bugs and, and bugs will ruin your pictures. Um, you want to definitely have the right kind of equipment um, and you can get, get pens and labels and all of that online. Questions, questions, comments. We have a quiet lunch today. You know, one comment that you made earlier, um, Miss Liz, about um, seeing yourself in others. I love that comment. I did not meet my father until I was an adult. I had never mm -hmm. seen anyone else that looked like me. I don't look like my mom's family. I love them. They are my family. Um, but I don't look like them at all. Mm. And um, no, I look like my mom the older I get. But growing up, I was always the oddball and I didn't look like anyone. And to meet my dad and to look in his face and see a picture of my grandmother and see my aunt and they look like me. They have my face. <laughs> um, yes. It was just the most feeling to um, uh, to finally see myself in someone else. Mm, that what what a great story! What great. Um, so, any other thoughts, questions, comments? Don't be shy. This has been so full of information. But yes, I would. Oh, um, have your kids interview their grandparents or any extended relative uh, in your family tree because they are not going to be around forever. And I, there are so many questions I wish I had asked or wish I could ask now as, as things go along, but 
the time has passed for, for now. So and if you enough. don't know what to ask, there are resources out there to yes, help you um, have questions. Mm-hmm. There, there are resources. You can look it up. Um, questions to ask mm-hmm. your grandparents. There's yep. even a, a company that um, will send them a question a week or a question a month or, or something mm-hmm. like that. Yes. And they'll, and you know, and it, you call them up and talk to your grandparent about this, um, about this question. So that's fun. Um, you don't just have to come up with it out of your head. You don't know what to right. ask. You weren't around back then, right? Um, <laughs> but there are people who specialize in that. They can give you some great questions to ask. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and don't neglect yourself, your history. What what has your life been like? What did, I don't know, what gas cost when you were a teenager? Or what did eggs cost? Or what what were the big... What were the what musician, musicians were popular? What clothes were popular? Just all these things that you just live with and don't pay attention to. But your kids and grandkids are going to want to know. It'll it'll develop your dash. So so yeah, don't neglect yourself. I think it's interesting um, the the kind of record that we leave on um, social media now. Um, Mm. I have, you know, maybe three pictures of one of my ancestors and don't know anything about them. But my great, great grandchildren will be able to see what I had for lunch that day (laughs) Um, and every step of the way. And um, all of the pictures, we have so many pictures now. um, We take pictures of everything now. We all have we have a camera in our hand at all times Mm -hmm. and um, we kind of leave. we're, We're leaving. Um, a story. We're leaving a, like an online diary. Um, maybe not. Maybe not as detailed as a diary. Um, but we are leaving that information um, for the future to find. So that's. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an interesting. It's. It's something. Is it? This is a first. This is a first. We've a never first. had this before. Yes. And with that, make sure you back up your photos because things happen if they're all on your phone and your phone dies and whatever. So make sure you back things up on an external, some kind of whatever. So back things up, all of your My second daughter, we lost all of her birth photos because it was before the cloud thing. And we didn't, we'd never Mm -hmm. put them anywhere else. They were on my husband's phone Mm -hmm. and um, lost all of that, unfortunately. Yes. So yes, you may have a bazillion pictures, but they may go away if if you don't put Mm -hmm. them somewhere safe. And and take the picture, take Mm -hmm. the picture, take pictures with your grandparents, take pictures with your great grandparents, take the picture. Um, Mom, you do not look as fat as you think. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Your your hair does not look as bad as you think. Your kids think you are beautiful. They do. Take the picture. Mm -hmm. And put yourself in it. And not just, yeah, that's really true. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you, Nelda. Appreciate your comment. Uh, anyone else have questions or, um, yeah, this this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for your time, Kayla. <laughs> I don't know where you found it, but I'm glad you did. So um, you may get some some people contacting you through this and just wanting some more information. So we could absolutely look great, great, great. Um, and let's see the oh DNA angels that is still online, correct? People can find yes. that. Yes, DNA angels is um, is still very active. Um, I'm not as active. I mean, I still support everything that they do. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, matter of fact, I'm collaborating with DNA angels next month to do a presentation at my local library. Oh. Um, but I'm just not actively working cases anymore. Um, They, they will help anyone that is looking for a parent or grandparent. Now, beyond that, like great, great grandparents, they don't really do that kind of thing. You can Mm -hmm. hire a professional genealogist to help you with that. They are focused on parents. Um, Mm -hmm. I strongly believe that everyone deserves to know where they came from. Yeah. Um, Even if a relationship does not um, evolve from that, that's okay. They still deserve mm-hmm. to know. Everyone yeah. should know. And everyone yes. should have that right to know. Um, 
And yes, DNA Angels, if you are looking for a parent or grandparent, they will help you. Um, that's what they do. It is all um, donation based. They never charge. Mm -hmm. um, they, I mean, of course, they will encourage you to donate. Um, and I think that you should, if you if you use someone's services that are free, mm -hmm. you know, make a donation what you're able to. Um, but they do not ever charge. Um, everything is donation based. Wow, that's super. Any any further thoughts or questions, moms? And as Kristen said, this will all be available for anyone that missed, wasn't able to attend. All these notes and this webinar will be available on the Homeschool Mom to Mom um, part of the Moms for America web webpage website. It's a great webinar, just really full, full of information. So um I don't know. I think amazing. I'm sorry, what did you say, Kristen? I just said thank you to Kayla. It was amazing. Thank you so much for yes. making time for us. Yes. Thank, thank you, you for so having much. me. Yeah. I wish I wish we had more time. There's so there's so much to genealogy. You really could just go on for days talking about yes. all of yes. it. Um, so we just condensed it into an hour, but um, there's so much to explore. There really is. There is. Well, maybe sometime we can have you on for part two. So, so okay. Well, if there are no further thoughts, um, I think we better let Kayla go. She has, I'm sure, a long to-do list. So, <laughs> anyway, thank you so much. Um, Kristen, did you want to stay on a little bit afterwards, or shall we do that later? We'll do that later. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, moms. Thank you for tuning in and tell your friends and happy, happy hunting, happy hunting for those or happy climbing your family tree and all these things that you can learn in the process and the, the blessings that come. So thank you all so much. And we will thank you. Talk, we will talk next month. And thanks again, Kayla. Thank for you. All good things that you do. Alrighty. Goodbye, all. Bye.